Today's gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 18. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and his payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him that debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then this fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do, every, do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you today. I noticed the scar on my ankle the other day, the place where my flesh was cut, so a skilled orthopedic surgeon could set and fasten my fractured bones together with brackets and pins. All of this so that healing could happen. It's been 11 years since this injury, and I don't think about it often, although my scar reminds me of the wonder of how broken bodies can heal and life can resume. I wonder, though, about the breaks of the heart, the ripping of trust, the tears of betrayal, the crossing of boundaries, the violation of bodies. How do we heal from these things? I remember watching one of the few interviews with Patty and Jerry Wetterling after Jacob's body had finally been found last year. The Wetterlings talked about the pain, the heartache, and the rage they experienced as they heard the last details of Jacob's life. How do we forgive this type of pain? Can we forgive this type of pain? And that is where the struggle comes from in this story, this parable that Jesus tells. When I listen, there's part of this story where forgiveness seems transactional, like debts that simply can be wiped clean and forgotten if we choose. 
And so it goes, a slave owes the king an enormous amount of money. And the king calls for him and his family and all their possessions to be sold to account for some of the debt. The slave pleads with the king for more time to repay. And the king takes it a step farther and forgives it all. So in a moment from enormous debt to no debt, it's like all of a sudden erasing a million little lines from a whiteboard. It's done and it's done and all is made better and clean. Yet, one would think that the forgiven slave would be changed and now generous with forgiving of others because of how he has been forgiven. Yet, we hear that in the next breath, that slave is quick to deny the forgiveness of someone else. Sometimes we can do this forgiveness thing. We can easily forgive and forget when a friend is late for a coffee date, when someone cuts in front of you on the highway, when you snap at your partner after a long day at work. But there seems to be plenty of other hurts that we just simply cannot erase. The hurt done by another that forever changes us. What does forgiveness look like then? It would be easier if forgiveness was simply transactional. Then our balance sheets would always calculate out for every hurt there would be healing, for each trespass or thing done wrong, forgiveness would be there. And then at some point, we would have a limit to how far our intentions for another must go. Yet in this story, Jesus is actually telling us that forgiveness is a forever act. It's not just something we do seven times, but 77 times. Now try tracking something 77 times and you will soon realize that you lose count. I think this story is one that causes us to realize that forgiveness in this life is not neat or tidy, and it's something that we must always face and deal with. We are called to name the place and the people where we have the ability to forgive and then forgive. And then those places and people where our ability to forgive just simply falls short. And maybe the first step is to name that, that we cannot fully forgive on our own. And this is where we are in need of God's mercy to come to us. The story ends kind of harsh, doesn't it? The hope, though, in this story is to hear again that our God, the one who never stops forgiving us, is the same God who meets us in the struggle, who meets us in the unfinished business and in the mess of human relationships where each of us are broken.
God dwells there, and the Spirit moves there with healing and light, right in that place where we are bound by rage and fear and hurt. There's no accounting in forgiveness. It's hard for us to hear because we want to know the rules and the limits. We're wired to live this way. There is no accounting in forgiveness. This is the outlandish promise of God whose unconditional mercy is there to meet us every day. That's what we need to come back to. Now, typically, our confession and absolution is the first thing that we do in worship, and we do it early on so that we can begin by naming those things we've done and we haven't done, and to hear that God meets us there and forgives us so we can have a clean slate. But today, our confession and forgiveness comes after hearing this most difficult story. When we are confronted with the specifics in our lives in the world and the messiness of forgiveness, when each of us realize that we need to forgive and we also need to tend to and remember the situation where the hurt is too deep for us to forgive on our own. Forgiveness is ongoing and forever. The promise of God's word is its efficacy. God's word does what it says. So hear these words as we confess together. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, the one who fashions us, the one who heals us, the one who reforms us again and again. Amen. Let us now confess our sin, calling for God's transforming power. Source of all life, we confess that we have not allowed your grace to set us free. We fear that we are not good enough. We hear your word of love freely given to us yet we expect others to earn it. We turn the church inward rather than moving it outward. Forgive us, stir us, reform us to be a church powered by love, willing to speak for what is right, act for what is just, and seek the healing of your whole creation. Amen. God hears our cry and sends the Spirit to change us and to empower the lives in the world. Our sins are forgiven. God's love is unconditional, and we are raised up as God's people who will always be made new. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.